Hello, everyone. I'm Colin Tesla of WrestleZone.com, joined by John Clark to talk about WWE Raw. John, how are you doing on this fine Monday evening? I am doing pretty good. It's a, it's a good day. It's a very cold day in Central PA, but um, it was, a for the most part, I read, I read Hot Raw. There was uh, definitely some, uh, I wouldn't say the entire thing was uh, 10 out of 10, but I would certainly say that it had more ups. And uh, If this is a roller coaster ride, we had more upbuilds than we normally have. I would agree. I would agree. I, I like that description right off the bat here. Uh, we will talk about the ups. We will talk about the downs and everything in between. Before we do, just want to remind you all that this show, like everything we do here, is available on all, all of all our streaming platforms. Or it's not called Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, whatever it may be. We've got you covered. Now, John, we had two pretty big matches announced ahead of the show here where we had a steel cage match between Big E and Kevin Owens, a non-title match with Big E being the WWE champion. And we had a Raw Women's Championship match between Becky Lynch and Liv Morgan. It was pretty, at least on, on paper, unclear which one would be the main event, which one would presumably kind of open the show. That's what they like to do. We wound up seeing the Steel Cage match open the show. And for me, I like this a lot. I, I always like starting the show with something, dare, dare I say, good. <laughs> you know, I get a fun, good match to open the show, a, a meaningful match to open the show. Um admittedly maybe a little selfishly for me it makes my job easier you kind of like take off a solid chunk of the show for you know the promos the entrances commercials and this one match this one you know the match itself probably got like commercials included like 20 minutes and like i said you got some promos in there as well so it took up the first like solid chunk of the show i always like seeing that and brian ever pointing out the, the woman game the main event very fun as well we'll talk about that in a bit uh, but we had here Biggie face Kevin Owens in a single cage match in the latest uh, continuation of their feud. And obviously Seth Rollins being involved there as well ahead of their, their trouble threat match at day one, which will be on New Year's Day. Lots of stuff happened here. Lots of stuff at stake. Lots of uh, momentum at play. Eventually Biggie got the win, not without a little interference from Seth Rollins, slamming the cage door into both uh, Owens and Biggie at different points. Very good match. I liked it a lot. As I said, I, I very much like uh, having a, having good stuff open the show. It kind of sets the pace for the whole thing here. But John, what do you think about this cage match with Biggie picking up the win, and then what 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 we wound up seeing happen afterwards? Uh, I thought the match was uh, pretty entertaining, and there was a lot of action kind of throughout uh, that made it. I don't want to say it was unpredictable because I thought it was pretty predictable what was going to happen. And I think we definitely saw what uh, most people probably expected. Uh, now, the, the X factor for me was, of course, uh, Bobby Lashley throughout the night, uh, you know, making his, his presence felt. And I, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like, how in, in the long run, what is this going to? And I couldn't help but to think, are we going to get this kind of Biggie Lashley thing again? Or is there a chance that uh, – here's the thing. Like, we have if – we, if we talk about the four people that are kind of in this main feud – only one is a baby face and it's Big E. So it's not like it's like I'm thinking, well, well, maybe Rollins wins and then Lashley goes after him because it just doesn't make sense. So I'm not sure. I mean, what, what did you think about the, uh, kind of all of that tonight? I mean, it was weird, especially where Big E won the match and I think they pretty quickly cut the commercial. Pretty standard. Okay, you know, he won. He won. Time to move on to the next thing. As I said, you know, the whole thing took up solid like half an hour. Or so. 
they they they, they timed out to have a commercial and they come back from commercial biggie is like down by the broadcast table rollins and owens are down and then they do a, the replay and they show that last week talked these guys during a commercial which is different and i i mean i again I, as i always say I, I like seeing different things but to me that doesn't make a whole lot of sense like wouldn't you want to kind of show that because it just feels kind of awkward to have the aftermath and you go back and you're like oh you know the live crowd saw it but obviously not people at home uh Steven Chambers off the bat already saying he hopes not a fatal four way. Uh, and I, I mean, so it's weird. Like for me at first, I, I, it's kind of what I wanted to see, especially if you're, if you're going to have Lashley attack all three guys. And he said later on that he felt disrespected by them having this title match without him. Um, but at the same time, they, they've done such a good, relatively good job building this up to be a triple threat match between the three guys. It'd be weird at this point, at least a little bit. Uh, to, to put Lashley in there like this. Granted, they still have some time to, to, to build it up with him as well. You already have that history you mentioned uh, with Lashley and Biggie. Um, but no, I think it would feel a little out of place. But then you, you kind of hope there's there's a method to the madness here. So by having Lashley attack these guys, uh, as, as you said, you kind of hope there's, there's a reason for it. That, and then you try to think of what that might be. I don't know. Uh, you know, as, again, day one is New Year's Day, so that is not what, not even just under four weeks from now. So uh, three, three episodes of Raw, and then day one yes. is that, that Saturday. Yeah. Um, so no, that is plenty of time, but it just feels they've been so clearly doing the, the triple threat build here. Uh, so maybe it felt a little odd to me to have it um, to do that to do, to this right now. It's like if they want to do it, maybe on the go home to kind of slightly tease like what happens next. But to do it now, I mean, it, I feel like the natural assumption is that it might become a fiddle for a way. And I think that'll be a very good match, but again, it, it would feel a little, maybe a little clunky, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it would definitely feel jumbled. I think there's really no point. Uh, the only reason I could even think they would want to do something like that is they, if they have something in mind where they want somebody to win, but they don't want somebody to be you know, on the losing end of the match. You know how that all works out. Of course, if, 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 what we think is true is true. I think no matter what happens, Kevin Owens is taking the fall in this match. Uh, so I don't really think Lashley's winning, but I, I could see I could see a situation in which Rollins could, could win this. I really do. Yeah. Uh, at this point, I just I don't think Biggie will make it the whole way to WrestleMania with the, with with the title. I, I I don't see a an ideal WrestleMania feud right now for Biggie. I think. Seth Rollins could make a, a better case, uh, and, and dare dare I say that uh, could we possibly see uh, Edge and Rollins in, in a WrestleMania match for the title? I mean, we've seen them revisit feuds before, so yeah, that they 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 do that, um, and it's hard to complain too much when you know when the talent involved are you know top level like that. I don't think many people would complain in that sense. It's not something we've seen so much it doesn't necessarily even feel that predictable at least feels a little a little off the wall and i'm sure there's there's more more meat on the bone there so i think that's one compelling option they, they could go with but Stephen chambers agreeing maybe that we will see seth rollins win the title at day one i mean i will say i've really enjoyed uh biggie's title reign so far maybe a bit of a slow start but i think he's really hit his stride here recently he had this show opening promo pretty heated you know about his you know pretty bitter rivalry with kevin owens set up his cage match um, which DJ Katz, Kat, DJ saying uh, it's the best match of the night. Uh, maybe a little uh, critical of the outcome of the women's side match. We'll talk about that. Don't you worry. But this was a very good match for me. Uh, it was a little weird to have 
I don't know. I'm, I'm call me old fashioned. This like cage matches really should be like absolute blood feuds, you know, that really kind of warrant it. And while these guys have bad blood, and, and we had Owens turn heel on Biggie, like yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe felt a little short of that. But can't complain. Two two top guys doing what they do, uh, and also progressing this triple threat build and potentially this fatal four way thing. Maybe if that's the direction they go with, we just don't know at this point. Edna Pack Marshall uh, pointing out that maybe they could do. Uh, I think we had even pointed this out last week as well. Um, potentially they could finally do a lot, but Brock, uh, yeah, Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley, which would be very much be a WrestleMania match. And if they do this fade of four away, you know, there's this chance that could be the reason why they could, they, that they want to put the title on Lashley to set that up. But again, that feels a little, yeah, as you said, a little jumbled, a little forced, I guess. But I mean, that's an option. They have options here. That's always to me a very good thing to be able to have uh, multiple paths forward rather than kind of one set road forward. So I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. Uh, but again, the, the uncertainty, but also kind of gut feeling that like Owens will be leaving does kind of take a, a bit of a steam out of this one where it's like, you know, you feel pretty certain he's not going to win. You feel pretty certain he's going to take the fall in the match. Um, but at the very least, as we've, we've been talking about for weeks now, uh, it's good to see him in the spotlight here that will at least get this one last pay-per-view match uh, to do what he does best. So that's a very, very good thing. And that's what Brian Everett is saying. Glad he definitely deserves a push. Keep him from leaving. They can't let him go. And again, just don't know. Uh, we, you know, we're we are on the home stretch here. If this contract does expire in January, so uh, coming out of day one, especially, we will we will see what the future holds there. But uh, I mean, we're already getting so many comments about. We might as well just dive right in. So let's talk about the how this I I treated about the show was bookended by this very good cage match, and it was made evented by. Uh, Becky Lynch defending the Rollins title against Liv Morgan, which makes sense because uh, on this day in 2004, Alita uh, and Trish Stratus had a, a Raw women's title, or, sorry, a women's title match on WWE Raw, which at the time especially was very, very unprecedented. So to have this match here on the same day, all these years later, after the women's evolution on all these things, you know, definitely a lot of nice historical significance there. Uh, this match has been uh, heated up for a couple weeks now. A lot of people rallying around Liv Morgan. And John, I think you and I were in pretty strong agreement that Liv probably wasn't going to win. She probably, she would probably look good here in terms of you know, holding her own with Becky and maybe having a nice kind of, you know, a, a, a breakout moment of sorts. And I would say that's what happened. You know, she definitely held her own. She definitely um, put on a, a solid main event match with Becky. Becky helped her, you know, really look at top star as well. Uh, and in the end, definitely kind of like a bit of a, a you know, recreation of these the Yakima Survivor Series where Becky stole the win. She kind of like rolled Liv up and, and held the ropes for, for extra leverage. So she cheated. And she cheated to win the title. Josh was saying that the, 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 the cheated champ. Um, so definitely that was what we saw here. But Becky had to cheat to win. And I thought that helped Becky, or sorry, that helped Liv kind of come out of looking even stronger. Becky could even beat her um, cleanly. And obviously the the uh, prediction there being that we might see a rematch because she she didn't pin her or she she pinned her but not cleaning it. and that is what Sam Chambers is saying maybe a rematch at day one. Uh, John, what do you think of this title match and the potential for another one? I was definitely in the minority here. Uh, I had uh, I, I I wasn't really sure what I wanted to, to have happen happen. Uh, I was pretty confident that we were going to see something that we did see, but I knew a lot of people didn't want to see that. So uh, before the match, I had put out a little post that said, 
I really want Becky to retain tonight, uh, and it's not that I don't want Liv to, Liv to win. It's just I want Liv to to win it on on a bigger stage, and and the same goes the other way around. I think if Becky's going to lose this belt, let's let's keep in mind she has been a champion for over five hundred days in a row, active on the roster. I think if she's going to lose a title, especially cleanly, it needs to be on a bigger stage as well. So, and then after the match, I was rejoicing that okay, you know. Liv didn't lose clean. Becky still did her dirty tactics. Of course, we're getting a rematch, but I am at odds uh, of when uh, when I want to see it. Um, we're probably going to see the rematch at day one, but I would prefer Royal Rumble where uh, Liv would win it there. What do you think? Well, this was one of those matches where I guess because people were really uh, and have been rallying around Liv very, very much that like it was just you know the talk of the town uh, on Twitter during the match, before the match, kind of all throughout the show, uh, kind of uh, waiting for this match to see what would happen. And even after the match ended, you know, in the immediate aftermath of the show, uh, a lot of people were saying, okay, you know, Liv looked great, you know, she, she passed the test, if, if you will, that, that she could really hold her own in that main event spot. Now let's have her win the Royal Rumble. And then go on to face back at WrestleMania. And that's, I don't know, like that's that's a pretty big leap. And we've, I mean, people have been saying that for months, I feel like, really, again, rallying around her, really wanting to see the best for Liv and to have her get the opportunity that she's overdue for. And to have this as the first kind of stage in that, I thought was a very, very good thing. Uh, right sitting here today, it's hard to really picture her as that Royal Rumble winner heading to WrestleMania, unless they really kind of, just drastically turned around, have her pick up several wins, um, which admittedly she's done in recent weeks anyway. But maybe if, if they keep going with that, I think that'll solidify it as well. Um, I would say, yeah, I seriously went Royal Rebel without being this big stage, but you and I were briefly talking before we went on the air of like they're actually, I guess, uh, I called, I'm surprised by it, but they're, they're really setting up day one to be a pretty big show at least on paper we already know that brock lesnar is going to face uh roman reigns which is a wrestlemania level match uh tonight we got a uh, confirmation that the miz will face edge that's another pretty big match uh we, we already have this triple threat match for the WWE title so um to me they could easily put put the raw women's title rematch on there to to load up even more i don't know if they're gonna or at least in terms of my my interest in it i don't know if they can be able to keep me really invested in it from now till the Royal rumble they've already been feuding for a month, you know, maybe even a little longer on the road to Survivor Series, just a little bit. Um, so I, I guess I would probably say, ideally, yeah, draw it out to day one and maybe have Becky Lynn win a little more cleanly there. Maybe have Liv come even closer, but just not quite able to do it. And then and then maybe, yeah, maybe then you have her one rumble and go from there. Uh, but again, I feel like they're definitely going to have to kind of do, do the legwork of really kind of building up, much like we saw with uh, Bianca, Bianca Blair to... Uh, to 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 do that, to pull that off, and to have it be that triumphant moment like that. Stephen Chambers wondering how long Liv has been with WWE. I f well, I think it was 2017, if I'm not mistaken. It's been a couple of years. You know, she came up to the ranks in NXT. She was with the Riot Squad. She uh, has had a uh, let's say a, an inconsistent run on the main roster, and now she's finally getting a good chance to shine here. So that's pretty good. Um, and again, now it's just a question of what they do with it, if they can really kind of build off it and uh, and capitalize. I was I, I saw one person on, uh, on Twitter wrote that um, you know surely the company like wouldn't build it up like this and not ever win the title. They've got to be smarter than that. And I was like, I want to agree, 
but I, I don't know if they are smarter than that. And they were specifically talking about this match, but John, as you had said, maybe if they are going to have one with the title, have it, have it really be on a, on a bigger stage, whether that's a pay-per-view or a level in WrestleMania or something. Um, who's to say? But definitely a good breaker moment for Liv Morgan. I like that very much. We did see it right after the match ended, as DJ's pointing out, we had the the second coming of the Angry Miz girl because we had the, the, the camera pan of the crowd and it was very, very like upset little girl in the crowd very upset that becky cheated to beat the hero of morgan um of course Ms. girl won the slammy award maybe uh, angry live girl will win a slammy as well uh, but speaking of the Miz, perfect segue there <laughs> we had Ms. tv with the Miz, uh with his guest star of edge here now last week we saw the Miz and maurice return to the red brand uh, along with edge who had been announced and they had this, this heated exchange of words and Miz said uh, admittedly, you know, I was a little surprised that uh, Maurice, Maurice was not with him. He said, oh, Maurice is going to come to a town like Memphis. You know, obviously, Cheap Pop there was shows Memphis tonight. Uh, and then it, another kind of uh, exchange of, you know, insults and, 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 you know, verbal barbs and whatnot with, you know, Miz bringing, it, uh, bringing up his own background of, you know, back in the day, he did not uh, enjoy, like, he, he was not well-received. He, he was like, a reality TV star back at a time when, it was still very much a wrestling company. So coming in and coming into the company and being, you know, given a lot of opportunities, you know, some of the other, the older wrestlers especially did, did not take to that. They, and they hazed him. Maybe maybe that's a little too strong, but they, they definitely didn't give him a warm welcome like that. So uh, that Miz, you know, I used that and he kind of accused Edge of not kind of being more kind to him back in the day. And Edge turned around and said, I was kind to you and he blew me off. And they were going back and forth with that. There's one highlight where Edge made fun of Miz's I, I say highlight very generously. There's one moment where Edge uh, made fun of Miz's shoes, uh, saying that Miz or Miz bragged about spending nine thousand dollars on these shoes. Edge said, "Oh, those shoes! Like you spent nine thousand on those shoes. My Jordans are way cooler." <laughs> Who cares, man? It's the shoes. The shoes. I know. I know. There's a whole you know, sneaker culture, but I'm like, hey, come on. Like we got, we got Liv and and, and Becky. You know, trying to build the storyline about being a crybaby. These two were talking about shoes because thankfully that wasn't the the whole focus here. Um, but I don't know. Again, I I came out of this one, uh, this segment. I mean, a little less excited than I was last week because I thought last week was very very good. This time it felt like they they kind of maybe fell short of that. That they kind of you know wasn't quite as heated i guess you know i thought it was good and then in the, in the end miz challenged edge to a match at day one and then edge challenged him to a fight then and there miz turned him down and edge faked going for a punch and Miz fell down clearly being that even he's scared but it, it would appear that we are going to get again as we were talking about last week pretty much a first time clash between edge and miz at day one so john what do you think about this feud two weeks in after this this presentation of miz tv tonight uh, I think it's been fine uh, for what it's been so far. I still think the ultimate end goal may be a mixed tag match, uh, but I, I'm not necessarily sure it's going to be at the Rumble. I could see them maybe drawing this out to WrestleMania, but then again, if they wanted to do something bigger with Edge, I guess maybe not. So Royal Rumble does seem like an ideal uh, an ideal place for this. Uh, since I, I do not see Edge being in the Rumble again the second year in a row, since he had just kind of did the whole thing was about him last year. 
So uh, I'm fine with it. I'm fine since they both just returned. They both didn't really have anything going on. Uh, a little disappointing to see Edge, who had just kind of won over the current number one contender for the title, to, to basically say, oh, well, he deserves it because he's <laughs> he's a heck of a guy. But it's like it's like you beat him. Like, don't you want it? Aren't you hungry for it? Uh, but I don't know. I've seen people commenting that he ages more than anybody. Like, they say every time he goes away and comes back, he looks like he's a couple years older. Yeah. And he does, he does reiterate every time that he doesn't have much left. I think the, the timeline was maybe he might have three years of part-time work left, and that's it. So we might be looking at, like, maybe two or three more WrestleManias, and that's it, which that's fine with me. If we get four or five edge matches a year for the next three years, that's maybe 12 to 15 matches. That's fine. I don't think yeah. you need anything more than that. But as far as the feud goes, uh, and I, I had um, wrote an article uh, about this yesterday, Corey Graves giving high praise to, to The Miz about how uh, he certainly doesn't get enough credit, and I certainly agree with that. I I, I think when people talk about uh, John Cena, Edge, Randy Orton, they do not put the Miz into these conversations, and and we cannot forget that he has main event at WrestleMania. He is an A-list celebrity, as he says he is. He's been on national TV shows. He has his own TV show, and he's been in multiple movies as well. Uh, I just think that I, I, I don't really know. Well, why, why do you think he doesn't really get the credit that he should be getting? Because uh, make no mistake, he is a future Hall of Famer in the company. I think that's not an argument. Uh, and I like Brian Everett says Miz is grossly underrated. Uh, and I just think, I, I try to think about why. I mean, why? I mean, he's the answer. I don't know uh, to think about it. Um I think part of it is that he has this like very distinct WWE label on him in the sense that he came as we were talking, I was talking about a minute ago. He, he He's a company in, man. Yeah. And, and beyond that, he came in as a guy that was a reality TV star. And I very, I would say ironically, like he came in kind of like what they're trying to do now in NXT of a guy that came in from a different background and got kind of like molded into what they want. And he's and he's worked his ass off, and he's improved so much, and he's and as you said, main event WrestleMania, been a champion, done so very much. Uh, but I think, in a way, especially if you maybe if you think about like the casual fan, or or maybe even on the other on the other hand, like hardcore fans who, who really get behind those the wrestlers, like like a John Cena, like Randy Orton, um, or whoever it might be. Uh, there's just there's some contrast there, even as even as much as uh, Miss has been so successful. And has proven himself. Steve, Stephen Chambers said that he can wrestle. He's been around longer than pretty much most of the outside. I think he's like mo, mo, longer than outside than Randy Orton, really, at this point. Any of the full time guys on the roster, he he debuted in like, I think, 2006, which is crazy. Uh, and yeah, you've got a guy like Edge, but obviously Edge is part time. And you've got some other people that have been there uh, maybe longer, but in terms of like, you know, pretty much full time guys, I think he's right up there. Um, I, but that's kind of what, how I see it. I'm a big fan of him. I really was a big fan when I was a kid and I saw uh, definitely have a, a soft spot for him now. Um, but no, I, I don't think he gets his due. And I think by, but this feud with edge could definitely help, uh, you know, maybe give him his flowers, I guess, as, as the saying goes of being in there with a guy who is a hall of famer and, and being able to kind of get that, not spotlight cause he's been in spotlight before, but, um, to be able to, to, to compete with a guy at that level, you know, it's definitely 
uh, a good opportunity for him. Herman saying that Miz deserves one more run with the belt. And he did have a, a brief run with the title earlier this year, which is like, uh, feels crazy to say, but like, you know, we're he's sitting here in December and that was back in February, right? And that was, the, he, I think uh, he cashed in and then Lashley, uh, Lashley helped him beat Drew and then Lashley won the title. I think it was like less than a month later, but um, you know, but I think I think Herman's a more sustained run with the title there. But uh, you know, I I'd like to see it, and especially I guess we're, as we're saying here that that he deserves it, that he's earned it, that uh, that'd be interesting what what he could do with it with a legitimate kind of a, a real run with the title. DJ again agreeing as we've been saying, Miz a future Hall of Famer. He certainly has the credentials. There's no doubt about that. Um, and then more than a more elaborate comment saying you can hate the Miz all you want as a fan, but you can't take what he's done for the company. He was on Real World before he came to WWE. So, uh, yeah, he's definitely come so very far. Um, and now we're looking forward here. Maybe if, if he wins the day one, we're talking, Johnny, you're saying maybe Edge uh, could be on a bigger and better thing. So maybe the Miz as well. You know, Steven's saying maybe awesome, pun intended, maybe pun intended, if Miz wins the Royal Rumble. Hey, we're very much in a way where anything could happen. Um, and that again was we're talking about the, the WWE title scene earlier. It, they've got options, and, and Miz, you know, it'd be easy to kind of uh, heat up the Miz and establish him yet again as a title contender. So um, that's that would definitely be something that they, that they could do, and that that would be probably a good option for him. Uh, and I, I like this comment myself because this this is my favorite run for the Miz at least that I can remember. Brian Everett saying Miz's run in 2010 really helped propel him into being a star, and that was he cashed in on Randy Orton, won the title. That's when we saw the Angry Miz girl to bring a full circle there, um, and that's what really established him at that next level. And then you, I think he's obviously come even leaps and bounds beyond that, leaps and bounds beyond that. Um, so yeah, I, I think this will be a good match. Brian had mentioned a couple minutes ago that uh, he thought Miz and Edge met in 2011. I think they had a segment, maybe a tag team match, back in a, in a brief window of time when Miz, Miz was WWE champion, Edge was World Heavyweight champion right before Edge retired. But I don't really think they had many, many if any, singles matches. And especially, even if they did, that was 11 years ago. And a lot has changed since then. So uh, I'm sure this will be very, very good and a very good clash of characters. And hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we'll be able to see uh, you know, e even more, you know, even more, well, we, we, we will see more build for it, but hopefully it'll be, it'll be good stuff. Good stuff. Cause again, I, I maybe not, not as big a fan of it this week, but I digress. Uh, another thing we saw here, actually, no, I guess to answer a direct question, Steven's wondering who's going to dethrone Damian Priest. Well, we did see an open challenge from Damian Priest, the United States champion tonight. And John Robert Roode answered the challenge, but he didn't get an entrance. And I just thought that was a damn shame because this man is so talented and they just whiffed on him so much. And it's it's really disappointing to see this is a guy that you listen to. Uh, Kurt Angle has talked about it before. Eric Bischoff has talked about it before. Like a guy that just had all the tools, has all, had all the tools and, and got the opportunities in TNA and now still has all the tools. But, you know, there's still this, this kind of, I would say, some fair argument to made about ageism of, you know, now he's kind of up there and now they, they're probably not going to really do anything with the guy like Bobby Roode in terms of anything beyond kind of where he is now that maybe he's already gotten some tag title runs. I think he had the U.S. title run early on in, in his run years ago, but it's a shame and it was a good match. But for me, the way they booked him, it's like, you know, the priest isn't going to win. Sorry, priest isn't going to lose here. And then kind of ironically, Dolph Ziggler attacks priest out for the match. I'm like, 
same problem in a very different way. Like the way they've booked Ziggler, it's like you you know that Priest isn't going to lose to him. So it's almost just feels like they're biding their time in a way. As Stephen Stephen himself saying here, like it's hard to see anybody dethroning Priest right now. Um, and in a way, that's kind of problematic because like we've talked about it for a while. Like they could elevate uh, Priest to that next level, but to do that, they would need somebody to take title from him. And I don't know who that would be right now. But John, what did you think of this? uh the u.s title match and uh you know and where i might be going here with damian priest i think john you're muted it's an interesting situation him with uh being champion because there are so many different possibilities of who could challenge him next and to name i mean I, I still think omos would be a good one uh, but he's kind of in this feud uh kind of splitting up with aj at some point we'll talk about that soon but there are i can't think of somebody specific i mean do you have anybody specific in mind that you think would be a good a good fit because i mean austin Fury is one that comes to mind but i'm not quite sure what the gig is with him right now either so uh, uh who knows really I would say Austin Theory would make the most sense at this point. Michael Michael Calvin is saying either Battle or Theory will be getting the title. Um, but for now, we'll go with Apollo Cruz. I mean, we just saw Cruz. I think he had the he opened the he answered the open challenge last week. Balor, I mean, Balor beat T Bar tonight, and there wasn't really much to note there. But then he got attacked by Austin Theory, so maybe like the winner of that one will will go for you know will go for the title next and maybe win it. I think that would make sense. Um, I mean, theory would make sense because he's been booked very, very strongly. And he, I mean, I hate to say it, but Balor hasn't been as much since, since he came to Raw in terms of, you know, I, I just think I could, I, it's easier to kind of connect the dots of like, oh, Theory has been pushed pretty, uh, pretty strongly since, since he arrived. And, and that feels kind of like a natural progression for him. And that's a nice way to put a title on a, on a young guy that's literally uh, working with Vince McMahon on WTV. So they're clearly trying to like establish him. How else do you establish somebody getting the title? So I think that makes sense, and I'd like to see that. DJ pointing out that Theo will go after uh, Finn Balor first, um, but yeah, and, and then I would imagine maybe going from there, beating a former champion in Finn Balor would give him an even stronger case to to be the next champion after that. Um, Eddie pointing out maybe Bobby Lashley. I mean, Lashley had a very good run with the title uh, before before his WWE title run, but that would feel kind of like a step down. And then especially for me, I mean, it feels weird to say Priest is. I think he's like 39 or so. So I feel like they I'm not like I feel like they, they're gonna want to elevate him to the next level and give a title to a younger guy. So theory would definitely you know fit the bill. Whereas well, Lashley, it's like you know, Lashley's already been there. He's an established guy. Lashley's I think like 44, 45 or so. Um so that's that's kind of my my two cents about it. But um yeah, I'd like to see it because at least that makes sense, right? Like, theory has been very uh the, the, not to say the writing's on the wall, but it's like it makes sense. Like, like all some, that's, uh, most of the times at the end of the day, that's all I want. Just do do what makes sense. It's do things you're clearly like. If not, even if you're not, if they don't know what they're going for, just like you know, when when, when we connect the dots, like these outcomes just make sense to me, and, and I like to see it. So, hoping to see that sooner than later. You know, theory has i would say kind of climbed pretty quickly up here uh, throughout the ranks on raw so uh, i would it wouldn't be crazy to see him winning the title admittedly especially because they haven't really 
treated as a U.S. title like it's you know something super important for a while anyway. Um, so maybe that'll be in the next couple of weeks or in a month. You know, I feel like that's not we're gonna have, not gonna have to wait too too long for that. Um, but uh, friends from Nando pointing out maybe they could they could rocket somebody up from NXT. Um, oh no, sorry, he's talking about just in general rocketing someone to the to the top of NXT. No. I'm sorry, no, I mis I misread that. He's saying, what, what would we think about rocking somebody to the top from NXT? Well, that's definitely uh, we were talking about it last night after War Games. I mean, there are a lot of guys in, in the 2.0 generation that you know that feels like that's going to happen. Whether it's a Braun Breaker or Kamaro Kamaro Hayes, a guy that's already had dark matches, like some of these guys are probably going to be on the main roster before too long. Some of these guys they're very very high on already. So when they do arrive on the main roster, you have to imagine that that they, that they will um, kind of get get some of these pretty big opportunities here uh, quickly. Uh, but I'm, I'm talking about the 2.0 guys, Stephen Chambers, saying maybe got Cameron Grimes, John. If you had to kind of because where we were asked, if you had to kind of pick me some of some of the top guys on NXT here to, that could potentially kind of slot in, not necessarily today, but you know, short term, that you can easily kind of plug and play, if you will. Um, who who would kind of be some of your picks that uh, that would make sense? Uh, I'd probably say L.A. Knight first, and then potentially Cameron Grimes second. Uh, L.A. Knight and Cameron Grimes, obviously being uh, of the black and gold variety of NXT, uh, it feels more likely that they would move up sooner rather than later. Uh, I'm not sure what Tomas's contract situation looks like, uh, but possibly him when he drops the title as well. Yeah, I think there was at least one part of the chomp that had some injury time added. So I think that he's less of a concern in terms of contract coming up or anything like that. Uh, uh, Pete Dunn, Steve Chambers saying Pete Dunn, another one. Brian saying Mellow, Breaker, and D'Angelo, all of them main roster bound, all of them for different reasons, I would say. But yeah, they, they were three of the, the leading uh, new guys on, on 2.0. So I would imagine before too long, they will be kind of up here sooner rather than later. And, you know, hopefully they'll, they'll find success. Uh, not just saying Brown would be great as a cocky second generation heel. I mean, that's what he's doing now, and I think he's doing well with it. But uh, before we get too too derailed about NXT talk, because that's that's what the Tuesday Tuesday shows for. Um, I just think Brown could be a very like a topable face, and I've heard I've heard people uh, already say he, he could be the guy that dethrones Roman if they really draw out, draw out uh, Roman's reign um, to to fit the timeline. If that's Another year, maybe. Maybe, maybe that's even generous. I don't know. Uh, but Braun's Braun's going to be doing great things in no time on the main roster. I have to believe that. Eddie's saying maybe even guy like Solo Sokoa could be. And uh, I like the Chopper prediction as well. Uh, it'll just feel so crazy to see uh, Chopper on main main roster at this point. But yet again, we live in a in a pro wrestling world where anything can happen. So yet another thing we're going to wait and see uh, what's going to happen with that one. But one thing that feels um, maybe not quite so much. Let's wait and see more of a. Solid shift is the uh, pretty clear, let's say tension at least between Age of Styles and Almost, because we had the the beginning of the RK Bronament, a tournament to crown a new contender for RK Brody Raw Tag Team Champions. John is shaking his head. Guess this was goofy. Guess this was too much. Uh, my takeaway from all of this was RK Bro is best in small doses, like cough medicine, because um, there are weeks where they get like kind of one segment maybe a match and some, some goofy things here and there. And it's fine. 
but this was like several segments of Riddle and Orton, and and the first one was good. They had they Riddle had the blazer, and he gave Randy the blazer, and Randy comes out wearing a blazer and gym shorts. I'm like that is magnificent. Wow, what a man <laughs> walking up there in a blazer and a blazer and gym shorts. I'm like that's fun, that's fine. They're broad, they're you know making fun of broadcasters, whatever. And then so then they're ringside for uh, both of the tag team matches there. Um, and then there's like I think another two backstage segments, and then Riddle another segment with um, without American without with Alpha Academy. This was this was a lot. The map, the tag matches were good. Uh, in the end, we did find out that the finals of said tournament will be next week on Raw. It will be the Street Profits versus Mysterios. The Street Profits beat uh, AJ Styles and Omos, and the Mysterios beat Alpha Academy. Now with AJ Styles and Omos. Uh, they got counted out because, I guess, kind of a, a miscommunication, and almost snaps. He well, came just sort of snapping. He got very frustrated with Styles, and he walked away. Walked out on Styles after the match. Uh, Styles blew it off as a, a routine miscommunication, but feels like, as, as we've been saying for quite a while now, the writing is on the wall that uh, almost might be bound for single stardom, John. Yeah, this is another match I can see happening because I checked the Royal Rumble as a one-on-one match. Uh, I think we're going to get over the next couple of weeks, the, 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 the dissolving of the team is going to get worse. Uh, there is going to be probably a, a variety of segments, interferences, matches between, uh, not between the two, but involving the two that will continue to sour grapes. And I think this is going to end. I want to say AJ turning face again. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, ironically, Herman's saying he wants to see AJ turn face. I I would like that, but it's weird in the sense of like, I feel like they would turn almost face because almost is the guy that's like, oh, you know, you've held me back. And that could work for heel as well. Um, and I think AJ is great as a face, but I think he's like, he's so good as a heel. And it's like, at this point, it'd be weird seeing him as a face again. Although it's been quite a while, so maybe I'm contradicting myself. But uh, but then you think about the the slightly longer term. Um, you, we've been talking about maybe uh, WrestleMania yet again. Uh, AJ Styles versus Edge WrestleMania. It seems to be one of the the, the, the G matches that is on the table. Um, and obviously, Edge is the face there. You're not going to turn Edge. Or so, you're not going to turn Edge heel. Where even especially after last year that he kind of turned heel hunting WrestleMania, I don't think they would do that again. Um, so I know that it's weird that they have these kind of dynamics at play, and I feel like they would want almost to be the face. But then Vince always like monster heels, so I don't know. Um, and I saw some people saying that they didn't even need to like do the do the split yet. Maybe they'll draw us out. Obviously, they don't they don't need to like go from zero to sixty, but. Uh, you know, definitely this feels like the, the first real solid crack in the foundation of them, the, their status as a team. Um, Eddie have a very good question, wondering, you know, we know what AJ can sign up on his own, but almost this guy that, you know, he's been uh, AJ's enforcer since he arrived, and he has not really had to stand on his own. So that's definitely a, the big uh, question mark here. We've, we've seen him in singles matches, but in terms of like literally being on his own, it's a whole different ballgame. So... That's the question, right? And uh, there was a report, I think, right around draft time that they wanted to split him up and they decided not to. So maybe they, maybe they feel like he's more ready now. Uh, but that will definitely be the, the big question here moving forward. Um, and that could kind of, I don't want to say make or break his career as a single star or low on WWE overall. But 
this could be a pretty high-profile feud. And if he doesn't manage to stand on his own, that's you know, going to be hard to come back from. Uh, but in terms of the, the specific alignments here, uh, DJ saying he wants to see AJ staying heel, almost going face. Uh, you've seen a lot of the big guys beating for the face, whether it's, you know, Greg Khali, the big show, Undertaker. You know, that's a, that's a W thing as well. I think they kind of have a nice history of both, you know, face and heel big guys. So, yeah, as, I guess for me, maybe maybe to shake it up, you do AJ as a face. But again, I think if you do that, you kind of sacrifice in some ways um, a more easy route, at least, to to a, AJ and Edge WrestleMania. Still doable. You know, you could even do face versus face, but you gotta consider stuff like that, especially this time of the year. Um, and as as he's pointing out, AJ could be anything because he gets cheered no matter what, people love him no matter what. So there you go. Uh, and I, I would agree with Steven saying AJ's better as a heel, but he's fine if he does turn face. So it kind of feels like win-win. And again, the real question would be uh what what can almost do with it. So John, uh, would you have a preference of where we go from here, especially with some of these uh Maybe maybe longer term ramifications of you know what Styles go does after it and what almost could do after it as well. Like the, it feels like kind of a, a bit of a fork in the road. Oh boy, I'm not sure exactly where it could go to be honest. Because um, usually stuff like this just kind of goes that you go against each other, somebody wins, and then the loser kind of I don't want to say goes away, but doesn't really become as relevant as they might expect to be uh styles is certainly not that guy even if he did lose he would probably still be relevant on the show but i'm just not sure what what what, what they're trying to accomplish here so it's hard well, to say i think the objective is that they want almost to be the next big guy you know the, the next like, great collie the next mark henry the next big show i mean pick whichever one you want maybe maybe <laughs> Maybe not so much great Kali, but um, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I think he's that's... certainly not going to be as athletic as somebody, say, like Keith Lee or, or no. even somebody like Odyssey Jones is. Like, so he's going to be that Kane type guy, maybe, I guess would be a good comparison. But uh, there's a long way to go before he gets there. But I think he has the potential. Uh, maybe they think he's ready for singles. We knew it was this was almost a year now where. He's not ready for singles competition yet. Well, I think maybe now. I mean, I would hope maybe he is now. Yeah, you, you'd have to assume that he's been working on or, or kind of training, preparing for this because, you know, that's what they do. Um, so then, you know, yeah, again, we've we've been that's been the narrative. But maybe now if he slash we feels confident that now is the time. And again, kind of that sink or swim attitude of, you know, see what he can do and hope for the best. So uh, I, I think it could be good. And, you know, best case, they, they get another solid big guy. Worst case, could be a fairly good feud for AJ and almost, and you move on. Um, Brian, Brian's saying almost needs, so many more seasoning, but he's getting better. I would agree. I, I've been fairly impressed every time he's you know had matches. Granted, working with a guy like AJ Styles, being able to have Styles take the, the heavy lifting in a match helps. But I, I think he's been fine. And he's, he's obviously got the presence to speak for itself. So that's, you know, he's definitely got that going for him. But again, I think that's definitely going to be interesting to see, um, you know, if this is where we're going, which it feels like we are, uh, what, what how it goes and and what happens next for, for both guys. But it's definitely, um, I, I would say it feels like that's that's the the path forward here for better or worse. You know, again, some people saying maybe maybe it's not the time, but it feels like 
WWE wants to do anyway. So there you go. Uh, speaking of some more some more uh, progressions here. DJ says he smells a heel turn coming for Nikki Cross or Nikki A.S.H. Finally getting rid of the superhero gimmick. So we had a singles match with Queens Lena and Nikki A.S.H. Uh, with both both women respectively accompanied by the partners. This was a very pretty, pretty quick match. There wasn't really much to note. I mean, and only that this was just yet another indicator of how far Nikki's fallen. This was some, this is someone that was the Raw Women's Champion. Uh, what? Four months ago, you know, so, yes. so you know that's that's a pretty steep drop, and that's a shame. And after the match, she was very clearly frustrated, and and then they pan backstage, and Ray Ripley is trying to console her, saying we'll get the next one. And uh, Nikki was very frustrated. They bump into Jerry the King Lawler. They were in Memphis, whatever. Um, but this does feel like maybe a little, that Nikki kind of lost her, uh, her 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 unwavering optimism and her her unwavering um spirit and of perseverance of of that superhero like uh pep in her step if you will um and what that outcome is i don't know you know if that's her becoming a villain uh to go with complete 180 of heel to villain um or if it's splitting up with Ray ripley or if it's i don't know i mean steven's saying maybe it's nikki saying he's he's saying nikki needs to give it a superhero gimmick time to bring back the old nikki i really like the old nikki I think I can safely say now, um, what, five months in the superhero stuff that it's like maybe even over five months that it's not quite hit the mark for me. Um, especially once she's out there saying like, yeah, I can probably agree or assume that this is the beginning of either a heel turn or a feud with Rhea or just a way to get rid of the gimmick. I'm not quite sure what they're doing here, but um, I don't know. I, 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 I see a scenario in which this somehow plays into Alexa Bliss making a return. Just because it, it, the writing is on the wall for something like that to happen where she makes a, a, a turn and then a, a Bliss comes back. And I don't, I don't know. You, you get what I'm saying? Like, I do. It, just, I it do. feels that way. Man, I miss Alexa Bliss. Like, I, I remember I was so mad after Extreme Rules. I was like, oh, man, like, they're going to do this 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 nice progression of the story. As you know, she's going to go back to her old self or something. She's no longer got the Lily doll. And then obviously she, she took time off for her own reasons. And they can obviously pick pick back up where they left off when she does come back. But my gosh, I hope she comes she comes back soon, especially for the Road to WrestleMania. Um, the role of Mrs. has been... Fine, fine, too good without her. I think the, I think the, the vision could be great with her, that having even more more star power and depth. Having her potentially face Becky would, would be pretty cool. Uh, but and, and you mentioned this this dynamic with uh, Nikki as well. Maybe maybe they get back together as a team. DJ pointing out, or they or they feud. And they again options. We like options. I feel like they have the ability to go either way. They were a very successful, uh, successful tag team. They could be uh, bitter rivals. That maybe maybe I've said it before. Maybe. Uh, Alexa will be the, the Joker to Nikki's uh, Batman, you know, if they want to keep going with the superhero and Bliss being the villain, whether it's the, the Fiend-like character or or the classic Bliss uh, on the other on the other hand. I think that's definitely a story that, that is waiting to be told. But on the other hand, Nando saying the crazy Nikki Cross is the best Nikki Cross. So, yeah, I, I miss I, Herman agreeing that he misses, he misses Alexa, saying that uh, she is his favorite uh, female wrestler. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Alexa. Hope she comes back soon. Uh, but on the flip side, may, maybe this is more of a shift for uh, for Ray Ripley, where she might turn heel 
uh, and become this kind of dominant powerhouse. Yeah, that, that's something we could see. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess for me, it ultimately depends of the timeline of like if if they kind of know if Alexis coming back, maybe they kind of do. Um, I will probably assume they would they would keep uh, Nikki as a as a face then in that case, and at least for yeah. now. But um, no, I mean, our very 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 being heel would be something as well. Obviously, we, we had a fairly unsuccessful heel run for Rhea early on in the main roster run, but at the same time. Uh, Stephen, Chambers, Stephen Chambers pointing out that he's, he's not digging Ray Ripley as a face either. This is she's better as a heel. Um, so I think that's a matter of personal preference. I think she, I would say she's been better as a face in some ways, especially in NXT. I've not been a big fan of her face run on main roster, but I thought she was very, very good in NXT. But then again, that's the case for most people these days. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, lastly, one thing we haven't really touched on is uh, we had, we had the, the highly awaited singles match between Dewdrop and Dr. Belair. With Nando, John's shaking his head at me. With Nando saying that he's not feeling the way Dewdrop's being portrayed at the moment. She's dangerously close to being turned to the female King Kong Bundy. That's a throwback reference for you. Um, well, I thought this was the best Dewdrop has looked since her call-up uh, to the main roster, at least in a match. Uh, and that this was her best match uh, on, on the main roster until the ending. She got knocked out of the ring, and she got herself counted out. She walked away. And at the same time, I, this is one of those rare cases where actually kind of like, Got behind it. I was like, okay, she walked away, so she didn't get pinned. And then you kind of hope to fight another day. Um, Daka wins, and she looked very clearly kind of like confused or, or you know, miffed by it. So I, I would very much assume we're going to get a rematch there. I thought this was good to me. Dewdrop, still not a, a, a name for a heel. Uh, she still has her, oh, she, did, she didn't get her entrance tonight. She attacked uh, John's doing the, 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 the jazz hands dance fingers that she does like it is very weird that she's being like they they turned her heel but she's doing the same things and like we've talked about this many times whether it's not many people do that well like when when it's someone like charlotte flair sasha banks like they are who they are and we know that do drop like you come on the main roster and and then at first it was even marie and they turn face and doing the whole dancey thing and then yeah you do you do the jazz hands you got you got your 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 fun bouncy theme song and then you turn heel and you're still doing the jazz hands and it's just like i it's just like weird dissonance of like it doesn't make sense to me and, and to me especially especially tonight she looked great in the ring she like we were talking about a minute ago for ray ripley me being a powerhouse she looked like a powerhouse like she was like oh like dark Blair, and she was like going back and forth she was like dominating her at different points yet just like some dewdrop it's hard to take her fully seriously in that sense. Uh, she attacked Bianca from behind, so looked a little more, uh, more like a heel in that sense. But again, this is the name, the name. Uh, Stephen, Stephen, quite uh, bluntly saying, just give her, give her name back, Piper Niven, an actual name. Hopefully, they do that at some point. But again, it's, it's not like WWE to go fully like 180 like that. Like they, once they have a name, they kind of tend to stick to it uh, as long as they possibly can, unless it absolutely fails. But uh, Eddie's saying Dewdrop is a good wrestler. Uh, Watch on the industry is very good. People change names. Uh, the people changed her names, limited her moves. So, yeah, that's that's what we've seen so far. Hopefully, we'll see her um, get more of a chance to really be this like legitimate competitor going forward. But again, for me, it's hard to take her seriously uh, in this presentation. But what are you thinking about this uh, the storyline for uh, for for Dewdrop Boy here? 
Uh, I am extremely impressed with Bianca Belair's run as uh, kind of the top of the mid card right now. Uh, and so much so, she has actually like maintained top ten, top five positioning in our wrestles and universal rankings, and that's very impressive for another champion that lost her title and basically has been winning every match ever since. Uh, lone survivor at Survivor Series on the winning team in a ten woman tag team match last week. Seemingly over and refuted with Dewdrop. Uh, that it's been very impressive. I've been very impressed. Dewdrop, on the other hand, uh, I'm not quite sure what 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 the goal is here, where they're going with this. Uh, I, I'm not going to repeat what you said because I just I agree with what you said. Yeah, and um, for going forward, Stephen saying that it looks like we probably will get Dewdrop and Bianca at day one. And that is, as I said earlier, you know, maybe some kind of like no DQ matchers or a lumber Joe match or something like that. Yeah. All right. You know, that, that's still three weeks away, three, three weeks of TV and then the, the show itself. Um, yeah. Uh, hopefully they find ways to kind of heat up a little bit. Hopefully they, again, hopefully they kind of give uh, do drop a chance to shine here. We'll give a rating and then briefly touch on our thoughts on day one card as Eddie's asking here. But John, what did you think about Raw overall tonight? Um, I would go with seven. average seven out of ten. There was a high spot title match, uh, cage match. They kind of mixed up tonight more than they have in the past, uh, and I think that just makes for a fairly decent show. Yeah, as, as you had said at the beginning of the show, more uh, ups than downs, and that is always welcome. The downs were pretty down, uh, so that, that that kind of like forced me to, to knock the swirl a bit, because again, the show was bookended by a very good match in the beginning and the end, um, but it's a lot of something in between stuff, not so much. I'll, I'll go for a 7.3, I would say slightly above average. Um, I remember feeling pretty good about this coming out of last week. I feel okay about it this week, so I feel like I may have rated a little higher last week. But yeah, roughly it's like two good, two goodish shows in a row. Uh, DJ, DJ was a nine point seven five, sir. Like if you if you are that behind it, like more power to you. Like that is a high score for Rob, my friend. My gosh, you you more power to you. Just you do you. Um, like if you if you like Raw that much, you know, wow. Good for, good for you. Because <laughs> for me, I don't know what it would take to get 9.75. It would take like, <laughs> oh, I don't even know, man. Batista versus The Rock in the main event. Who even knows? 20, yeah. So it's something <laughs> crazy, I'll tell you. Um, Stephen Chambers, a little more measured, saying a 6.5. Uh, Kevin Taylor with a 7.7.10. DJ, 9.75, but he knocked the main event of uh, the finish of it. So that's why maybe that's why to get a perfect 10. But, <laughs> Still a very good 9.75 there. So, uh, but no, we're, we're still seeing some fairly, fairly good ratings here. We got a seven from Brian. So it feels like people are, are largely in agreement that it was fairly good. And again, when, when, when you grade on the raw scale, um, you know, you, you got to keep that in mind. So, uh, with that being said, uh, briefly, briefly touching on the card for the uh, day one pay per view as it currently stands. At least on the raw side, again, we know that we've got the, 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 Currently, the triple threat match for the WWE title, and you've got the Edge versus oh, the Miz. They, 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 they confirmed Edge and the Miz to backtrack for a minute. Michael giving a 7.5. Three women's matches tonight. Very, very good. There you go. Especially coming out of the, the Queen's Crown tournament fiasco. Progress, a 7.5. 7. It's very well, well deserved. 
uh, Nando with a 10. <laughs> so he was the greatest Ross and Steve Austin stunned Santa Claus. Just kidding, JK. 6.7 darks. Oh, Nando, we love you. But um, with day one, you know, three weeks away, uh, I mean, it's, it's a good card. Like I said, I they announced this show, and I thought it would just be kind of a pretty nothing show, as we've seen before. And lo and behold, they go balls to the wall and book Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. They do this triple threat match for the WWE title. They do Edge and The Miz, which is a pretty big match, relatively. Uh, and, and as we've been talking about, maybe some more... I'm really kind of compelling rematches of, you know, I think uh, Becky and, and Liv could be pretty good. Um, maybe, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll see the, the Raw tag title match there or, or, or other things. We'll, can you just see how it can use to get filled up? But so far, I would say it's pretty good. It's, again, I, I didn't think it would be anything. And, and now it's like, oh, it's actually like a pretty big show. So um, it's something to look forward to, a nice kind of way to ring in the new year. So. He didn't, ask for, he didn't ask for a numeric rating, but I guess I'll give it like a, a, a grade scale. I would give it like a I like a B plus so far, based on the like we we've had a whole lot of build for it, but on paper it looks like a good card. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd probably go with a, a solid B uh, and a B plus with anticipating what I expect is going to be the addition of uh, three women's matches yet. Uh, I think we'll get Bianca and Dewdrop. I think we'll get uh, Becky and Liv, and I also think we'll get Tony Storm and Charlotte. So those are the three women's matches I'll probably add. Of course, you got Edge and Miz already on there. Uh, Roman Brock is on there. Uh, the Triple Threat is on there, and of course the tag match. Uh, King King Woods and, and basically New Day versus uh, the Usos, which is always a classic match as well. So all in all, we'll probably get maybe seven, eight matches, three women's matches. I would assume maybe the Bianca match would be like a pre-show match. Uh, typically, we don't see three women's matches on the main card, but who knows? Uh, so yeah, so far I think we're building up to a, a B plus, and right now I'd give it a solid B, like, a, like an 86, 87 percent. That's very a very good passing score. So with that, uh, definitely can look forward to day one and the road to that will be covered here on all of our shows here, whether it's Raw, SmackDown, whatever it may be. And obviously we'll be here uh, to talk all about it and we'll keep you cut. Co- and beyond that, we'll have the news coverage and everything in between. So John and I, we are here on Monday to talk about Raw. We'll be here on Tuesday to talk about WWE NXT coming out of NXT War Games with Stephen Tabers pointing out. We will find out. The very uncertain future of, well, supposedly find out the uncertain future of Johnny Gargano tonight on NXT, NXT 2.0. Uh, so John and I will be here on Tuesday to talk about that, as we always are. Robert Robert D. will be back here Friday night to talk about Friday Night SmackDown. The two two Dynamite dudes on the rampage, Marcus and Dominic, talk all things AEW. They had a new episode tonight, so make sure to check that out. And otherwise, we've got a great stream of new interviews constantly coming, guys. Peek a little behind the, behind the curtain. I've got three interviews to record tomorrow. So we're going to be pumping out the content here in the month of December here. So make sure to leave like, subscribe, stay tuned uh, to all of our platforms. Or it's not called Spotify, uh, YouTube, uh, podcast, whatever it may be. We've got you covered. Most importantly, folks, we appreciate you so much for, for sharing your time with us, for, for sharing your thoughts, for just listening to us uh, ramble about these, this crazy, weird, wild world of wrestling here that we live in. Uh, with that being said, whether it's a good raw that, that warranted a 9.75 from DJ or some of these the Thunderdome era raws that warranted much, much, much lower or, ever, or anything in between. We try to do the one thing above all others, no matter what happens, John. I can't tell me what that is. Enjoy wrestling. Indeed. Thanks for, thanks for listening, everybody.